Back in the day when my girls were born, it was not easy to share photos and videos with loved ones, but you have a fantastic option available, the Family Album app. The Family Album app was created in 2015 and has operated in the long term to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes. Now, let me share some of the great features that make the Family Album app a go-to app. First off, the app automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and see how your child has grown. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching through folders. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. It's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document each month of your baby's life. Plus, the Family Album app has unlimited storage and it is totally free. Yes, you heard that right. No more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by ads when you're just trying to relive those heartwarming moments. So if you are still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, it is time to level up your family photo game with a free photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, it's all one word, download the app and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. Don't let diaper rash come between you and your baby. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through and keeping their delicate skin happy and healthy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick, goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable as the diaper rash. Instead, try Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician approved skin protectant free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash. Use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel good about making the right choice. Nothing comes between you and your baby, not even diaper rash. Check out Dr. Mom Butt Balm, available on Amazon or walmart.com. This episode answers some common questions that often come up during pregnancy, but quick warning, there is a little bit of adult content discussed. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a practicing board-certified OBGYN who's had the privilege of helping hundreds of moms bring their babies into this world. I'm here to help you be knowledgeable, prepared, confident, and empowered to have your best pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only, and it's not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at ncrcoaching.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Hello, welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 60. I so appreciate you being here with me today. 
So on today's episode of the podcast, I am covering some common concerns and questions that come up, but none of them are really big enough to warrant like an entire episode by themselves. So what I did was kind of put them all together to make one big episode. So on today's episode, you are going to learn, is it okay to sleep on your back? What is the deal with lunch meats and certain cheeses during pregnancy? Is it okay to have caffeine during pregnancy? Why in the world shouldn't you change your kitty litter if you have a cat? And then is sex okay in pregnancy? And then I have two special guests who are answering the concern about fatigue in pregnancy. As I was preparing for this episode, I had some notes open on my computer and the two human beings that I gave birth to decided to record their own advice after I walked away from the computer for a few minutes. So you will get to hear a little piece of advice from my two daughters. All right, now before we get into the episode, let me do a listener shout out. This is to C-Scotton, S-C-O-T-T-O-N. And the review says, awesome podcast. It was exactly what I was looking for as I progressed through my current pregnancy. Dr. Rankins is so knowledgeable and her show is truly engaging. The bonus is that she is a practicing OB, which makes the information provided more credible. So happy to have come across this show. Take a listen and thank me later. Thank you so much for those kind words, C. Scotton. I am so glad that you came across this podcast and that you find the show helpful, engaging, and credible. Now, I think another thing that folks will enjoy and then be thankful for later is my online childbirth education class, the Birth Preparation Course. This course is entirely online, so you can do it from the comfort of your own home And it covers everything from how to get in the right mindset for your birth. That is so, 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 so important. The course starts out with that. As a matter of fact, you'll learn what to expect in labor, how to be in control of pain during labor, how to push your baby out and not tear your body up in the process. You learn the truth about interventions like Pitocin, how to make birth wishes that doctors actually pay attention to, and then how to get off to a great start postpartum. And there is much, 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 much more. And you also get lifetime access to the course and there's a 30 day money back guarantee. So you really have nothing to lose by checking it out. And you also get more personal access to me than hearing my voice through the podcast. You can interact with me through the course private Facebook group. So check out all the details of the course at ncrcoaching.com forward slash enroll. All right, let's get into the episode. So let's start off with, is it okay to sleep on your back? All right, so the reason that we get concerned about pregnant women sleeping on their back is that when your uterus gets big enough, roughly about 20 week size or so, it can compress something called the inferior vena cava. The inferior vena cava is a very large vein that runs kind of in the middle of our bodies. And that vessel brings all of the blood from the lower part of the body back to the heart. 
And we worry that if the uterus is compressing the vena cava, then there's less blood that's coming back to your heart, less blood that's available for your heart to pump out blood back to your baby. Now, there have been some small studies that have suggested that sleeping on your back increases your risk of stillbirth. Um, And we believe it's because perhaps that compression of the inferior vena cava, but we're not entirely sure. Again, those studies are very, very small and also very, very limited. So as a result of that, we recommend that if possible, you sleep on your side. Now, when I say sleep on your side, I mean start sleeping on your side because None of us have any control about how we move during the night. And if you wake up and you happen to be on your back, please, please do not panic. You have not killed your baby. You have not done anything wrong. All you did was wake up on your back. So if you happen to wake up on your back, then just turn on your side, take a deep breath and go back to sleep, okay? Now, we do say as far as side, you can go either side, left or right, whichever is more comfortable for you. The inferior vena cava, the IVC is on the right side. So that's why we often say sleep on the left side, but really either side is fine. But again, don't stress about this. There are other things that confer a much higher risk of stillbirth, like uncontrolled blood pressure in pregnancy, uncontrolled diabetes. Uh, So don't obsess about your sleep position and if you're affecting or hurting your baby. So just start on your side. If you end up on your back, don't panic, just turn back on your side. You can also use some pillows to help make you comfortable if you have trouble sleeping on your side. They make all kinds of fancy smancy pillows. And uh, maybe I'll ask in the Facebook group, you know, I have a free Facebook group all about pregnancy and birth where there's lovely pregnant women in the group, lovely women in the group who are very supportive and helpful of each other. So I'll ask and do a post in the group about people's favorite pregnancy body pillows so you can get some recommendations there. Um, So definitely come join the group if you're not. And you only need like a slight tilt to be off your back. So you only need to be off your back like 20 to 30 degrees, which is not very much. So a couple of pillows can make a difference. And again, like I said, there are tons and tons of fancy body pillows that you can try out. And um, yeah, we'll post about that in the group. So join the group if you're not already a part of it. Did you know that 95% of pregnant women are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s? Enter Ritual. Their prenatal contains 350 milligrams of eco-friendly vegan omega-3 DHA in every serving. One of the reasons I like Ritual is that it's a female-founded B Corp meaning they are holding themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. In addition to those omega-3 DHAs to support baby's brain development, Ritual also has choline and methylated folate to support baby's neural tube development. And the capsules feature a delayed release design to help make it gentle on an empty stomach. Why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole. Start Ritual or add a Central for Women prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole for 25% off. 
All right, next up is deli meats and cheeses. And deli meats uh, can refer to the ones that you get behind the butcher counter, you know, they slice it for you, the meats that are pre-packaged, um, both of those, all that stuff counts as deli meats or lunch meats. And the problem with those lunch meats or deli meats, um, hot dogs too fall into this category, and then also some cheeses, specifically unpasteurized cheese, is something called listeria. Now, listeria is a kind of bacteria. It's found in soil, water. It's found in some animals, including cattle and poultry. And what happens is when you eat listeria, it can cause a foodborne illness called listeriosis. Um, It's actually a fairly serious type of food poisoning. So when um, a mom gets listeriosis, it can cause you to have like flu-like symptoms, like fevers, chills, muscle aches, diarrhea, upset stomach. Um, The diarrhea can cause you to get dehydration. And some other things that may occur when it's more severe are stiff neck and headaches and confusion or even loss of balance. And the crazy thing about listeriosis is that the symptoms can appear as late as two months after you have eaten something with listeria. So it can be way later that you actually realize that you have the symptoms from some type of infection. You know, you may not necessarily make that connection. In actuality, in practicality, many pregnant women do not have symptoms when they get listeria. So it's not necessarily that if you get it, that you automatically will have symptoms. It's just that sometimes it can be severe symptoms. Now, here's the thing about it. Even if you don't feel sick, you can still pass the infection onto your baby through something called vertical transmission, where the bacteria crosses through the placenta and then infects your baby. And listeria can have some pretty serious consequences um, when babies are born with listeriosis. So it can cause miscarriage, it can cause preterm labor, it can cause stillbirth. And then babies who are born with it may also have very serious infections of the blood or brain. So, um, and even lifelong health problems like intellectual disability, paralysis, seizure, blindness, problems with the brain, kidneys, heart, even death. So listeriosis is very, very serious. It does not occur very commonly. Knock on wood, I have never actually seen it in a pregnant woman. And that's with me being in practice for nearly 15 years. So it's not common at all, but it can be quite devastating when a pregnant woman gets it and the effects that it has on her baby. So To help prevent listeriosis, what you have to do is avoid eating the following foods while pregnant. So unpasteurized milk and foods like soft cheeses. It's not very common that you're going to find unpasteurized milk. Pretty much all milk is pasteurized and that's a process where it's heated and to a certain temperature before it's packaged, all that stuff. So most milk will be pasteurized and most cheese is pasteurized. If you're not sure, then you can look on the label. It should say if it's unpasteurized and most cheeses like hard cheeses are fine, like cheddar, Swiss, those kind of things. It's more soft cheeses that you have to be worried about. So look on the label, look very carefully, see if it's 
uh, unpasteurized. And if it's not pasteurized or doesn't clearly say that it is, then don't eat it. Okay. The other thing is you don't want to eat hot dogs, luncheon meat, cold cuts, any deli meat, unless it's been heated to an internal temperature of 165 degrees or it's steaming hot just before serving. Now, first off, I don't know why anybody would want to eat hot dogs. I find hot dogs completely disgusting. (laughs) But if you happen to like hot dogs, then make sure you keep them super duper hot. Now, you will hear stories of people saying that they ate lunch meat and it was perfectly fine. And most likely, honestly, it probably will be fine. But the recommendation is that you don't eat it. Or if you do so, do it very, very hot. So you can do like a hot sandwich. You know, it's just like you can't do like a cold sandwich, but you could do like a hot grilled sandwich where the meat gets nice and hot and and steamy. You also want to be sure you wash your raw produce like fruits and vegetables because sometimes it comes from the soil. And then of course, avoid any raw or undercooked seafood, eggs, meat, anything like that. Okay. Um, You shouldn't eat sushi made with raw fish. Cooked sushi is safe, but nothing that has raw ingredients. And that's because cooking and pasteurization are the only ways that we know to kill listeria, okay? Cooking and pasteurization. So that is the deal with those deli meats and some soft cheeses. And some examples of soft cheeses are um, like brie. I believe feta is considered a soft cheese. But again, just look on the label to make sure that it is pasteurized. Okay, so let's move on and talk about caffeine and pregnancy. Now, we get concerned about caffeine because caffeine does cross the placenta. And then just because of some of the physiologic effects that caffeine has on the body and the effects that it has on blood vessels in particular, like uh, vascular constriction, there's been some concern that maybe it may increase the risk of miscarriage. Uh, Also may increase the risk of babies not growing as well because of affecting blood flow to the placenta. And then there also have been investigations looking into whether caffeine contributes to preterm birth. So let me first talk about miscarriage. Now, the data is actually pretty mixed regarding the association between caffeine and miscarriage. A lot of the things that are out there are retrospective studies, and those are challenging because of something called recall bias. So what a retrospective study is, is that it ask women or ask people to look back in time about something and see if something happened. So for example, it will ask women who've had a miscarriage, how much coffee were you drinking during, you know, the first trimester of your pregnancy? And it's possible, maybe even likely, that if you've had a miscarriage, you may be more likely to remember more specific details about how much coffee you drank than someone who drank coffee and didn't have a miscarriage. Because if they didn't have a miscarriage or anything go wrong, then they wouldn't necessarily be paying specific attention to how much coffee they drank. So those studies suffer from, again, retrospective nature and recall bias. Now, there have been two larger studies that have done that were more prospective, but they had conflicting results. Well, at least about high amounts of caffeine. So high amounts of caffeine, one study said is associated with miscarriage. Another study said it's not. However, 
both studies did have the same results for lower amounts of caffeine. And I'll talk about what that amount is in just a minute. So both studies did show that lower amounts, moderate caffeine consumption does not appear to be a major contributing factor for miscarriage. Similarly, studies have shown that for preterm birth, lower amounts or moderate amounts of caffeine do not appear to increase the risk of preterm birth. Now, when we look at growth restriction and whether or not caffeine affects the growth of babies, that data is not clear. There's one larger study that found a slightly increased risk and another study that showed no association. So, Based on all of the available evidence and research, ACOG, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, that's the organization that sets standards for obstetric practice in the United States. Their final recommendation is that 200 milligrams of caffeine a day or less is considered safe. And just to give you some references for about how much caffeine is in common drinks, One eight ounce cup of coffee is about 130 milligrams of caffeine. One eight ounce cup of tea is 50 milligrams and a 12 ounce caffeinated soda is 40 milligrams. I personally was a coffee coffee drinker during both of my pregnancies. Obviously that is not the same as research, but I drank one or two cups of coffee most every day during both of my pregnancies. So that's the final recommendation from ACOG that 200 milligrams of caffeine a day or less is considered safe. You can always just cut back to even less if you want to or do like caffeine decaf mixes or switch to decaf, which still actually has a little bit of caffeine. It's not completely caffeine free um, if you feel uncomfortable about having any caffeine. Okay, now let's talk about if you have a cat, why you shouldn't change your kitty litter. Now, the risk with that is with something called toxoplasmosis. And toxoplasmosis is a parasite that is almost exclusively, actually exclusively transmitted through feline species. So cats, mountain lions, that kind of thing. And it's a disease that results from infection with that parasite, toxoplasma gondii. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but that's what causes toxoplasmosis. Now, most of the time, infection actually occurs by eating undercooked, contaminated meat, but you can also get it from infected cat feces, and mothers can also transmit it to their children during pregnancy. So vertical transmission where it crosses the placenta, mom has an infection, the parasite crosses the placenta and infects the baby. Now, most of the time, if women are infected with toxoplasmosis, they're actually asymptomatic or they have very mild symptoms. And actually, babies who have congenital toxoplasmosis, most babies are asymptomatic. However, there can be some very serious complications like neurologic difficulties, some other challenges. So we do want to be mindful of it and help prevent it if possible. Now, actually owning a cat is a very weak association for infection, a very weak risk. And the reason that is, is because the the, the parasite lives in cat's eggs and cats only excrete 
the something called oocyst for just three weeks of their life. So a very short period of time that they actually can actively transmit infection. So you're just as likely to get exposed um, from somebody else's cat outdoors. So the risk of you getting infected from your own cat is actually very low. However, we feel like it's pretty sensible to say, hey, just to be on the safe side, have someone else change the litter box daily if possible. It doesn't come from um, fresh feces, actually. It, it has to be like older feces. And of course, if you do have to change the litter box because you're the one or you live by yourself or whatever, then just be careful and normal hand hygiene techniques and you should be fine. Hey, so you made it this far in the episode and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favorite to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy into Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. And that's where I could use your support. I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the All About Pregnancy and Birth community. Now back to the show. All right. Now let's talk about sex during pregnancy. And obviously here's the point in the podcast where we have a bit more adult content. Now, the short answer about sex during pregnancy is that sex is perfectly fine for an uncomplicated pregnancy. It is a normal and natural thing that happens. Now, some women will actually experience an increase in sex drive during pregnancy. Some women experience a huge increase actually in sex drive during pregnancy, and it's thought to relate to the pregnancy hormones. So if you fall into that category and you feel like you need to have more frequent sex, as long as your pregnancy is uncomplicated, then go for it. Now, as far as sex harming your baby, penetration in your vagina will not harm your baby. Your baby is in a protected environment in your uterus. So the uterus itself, obviously that muscle layer is a layer of protection. The baby is in amniotic fluid, which provides another layer of cushion. And then there's cervical mucus that kind of blocks the cervix. That's what comes out with the mucus plug. And that also protects the baby. So you are not going to harm your baby with penetration during sex. Now, as far as having sex, you may have some physical changes in your body that impact the type of sex 
that you have or how you experience sex. So one thing you may feel is you may feel like a little wetter. Sometimes the pregnancy hormones can cause an increase in physiologic vaginal discharge. That's not harmful. It's not doing anything. It's just more like wetness there, even to the point of wearing a panty liner. So you may feel more wet. Your vaginal area may feel more sensitive as a result of the blood flow changes to the vagina. Another thing that may be different is that your breast may be quite sensitive. You may not want them to be touched at all. Um, your nipples can be even painful sometimes when touched. And then finally, some positions may feel not as comfortable or comfortable. As far as positions go, you can do whatever you feel comfortable with. There's nothing that's you know off limits or anything. Now, towards the end of your pregnancy, being on your back is not ideal because of that compression of the vena cava, like I talked about earlier. So you may want to try more positions like being on top or sex for behind or being on your side, those may work best, but really there's nothing that's off limits. So I suggest that you have conversations about, hey, this is what feels good, what doesn't feel good, because things may change during pregnancy. Now, some other things that you may notice is that you may experience contractions during orgasm. That's totally normal. They're usually mild and they subside quickly. And you also may have very light spotting after sex because the cervix is more sensitive. And when something hits up against it, it may bleed a little bit. That should be very mild and subside quickly. You can always call your doctor if you have any questions or concerns. One of the most common questions we'll ask if someone has vaginal bleeding is, have you had sex in the last 24 hours or so? Because that's often what it's from. Now, as far as sex later in pregnancy, stimulating labor. Data is pretty mixed. Some studies say it does. Uh, a lot of studies say it doesn't. So it's not going to hurt <laughs> in terms of advice on how to start labor. Oh, and then, you know what, let me say, that was mostly talking about vaginal penetration. I will also say that oral sex is fine, anal sex is fine as well. You can continue to do those things in pregnancy as long as your pregnancy is going along normal and your doctor hasn't given you any specific restrictions. Now, there are some circumstances where you absolutely should not have sex. So if you are at risk for miscarriage and you have a history of a lot of miscarriages, then we often say like delay until you get out of the first trimester. So we know things are a little more stable and we're not messing with anything. If you have had preterm cervical dilation where your cervix has dilated early before 37 weeks, or you have been um, treated for preterm labor, then you need to avoid sex during that time. If you have vaginal bleeding and we don't know what the cause is, then you need to abstain from sex. Once your water is broken, you know, you have preterm rupture of membranes, then no sex. And then finally, there are some issues with your placenta where you shouldn't have sex. The placenta is very vascular. It's a ton of blood goes through it every single minute. It's what does all the work between you and your baby and the transfer of oxygen and nutrients and getting rid of waste. And if the placenta is close to the opening of the cervix, something called a low-lying placenta, which is where it's near the opening of the cervix, or a placenta previa, where it's over the opening of the cervix, then sex can irritate the placenta and cause significant bleeding that can be threatening for your baby. So in that instance, you should not have sex. And then again, if there are any other circumstances where your doctor says that it's not appropriate, but 
withstanding those things, if your pregnancy is normal, healthy, your doctor hasn't given any restrictions, then vaginal, oral, anal sex are all perfectly fine and normal. All right, now the last thing I want to leave you with, and maybe it feels a little bit weird to transition from (laughs) talking about sex to some advice from my two daughters. As I said in the beginning, as I was had up notes for the episode, I had some stuff on my computer and I walked away from my computer and them being the technological wizards that they are, know how to record stuff. And they recorded like six eight minutes of stuff, but I took a little snippet of it out. And this is their advice on what to do if you feel tired during pregnancy. Okay, our next question. Well, it's not really a question this time. It's more of a statement. So it says, I'm so tired, I can't do anything. Don't worry. When I first started out, I was so so tired. I couldn't even do my work without getting so distracted and almost falling asleep. Well, the only thing to solve this tiredness problem is to sleep. Yeah, that she just put it straight out there. You just have to start sleeping more. All right, all right, all right. I hope you found that clip useful. So we are at the end of this week's episode. And just to recap, if you can avoid sleeping on your back, do so, but do not stress about it. If you find that you end up on your back during your sleep, just turn over and to your side and go back to sleep. You want to avoid deli meats, hot dogs, cold cuts, all of that stuff, unless it's heated to where it's steaming. And you also want to avoid unpasteurized cheese to avoid listeriosis. A cup of coffee a day is okay during pregnancy, does not appear to increase the risk of miscarriage or preterm birth. If you can get someone else to change the kitty litter, then do so. But the risk is low. So if you have to do it, just take appropriate hygienic precautions. Sex during pregnancy is perfectly safe as long as your pregnancy is going along normal. And if you are tired, the advice for my daughters is just get yourself some sleep. And when in doubt, there's also this one last piece of advice from my two little co-hosts today, and that is... Basically, the main thing to take from this is to just talk to your doctor, okay? All right, so that is it for this episode of the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please do me a favor and leave me a review in Apple Podcast. Number one, of course, I love, 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 love to hear what you have to say about the show. And it also helps the show to really grow and helps more women to find the show when you leave reviews. And I love to leave shout outs and give shout outs in the podcast. So leave me that review in Apple Podcast. I would be most, most, most appreciative. Also, don't forget to check out the birth preparation course. The birth preparation course will ensure you are knowledgeable, prepared, confident, and empowered for your birth. Remember, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not happy with it, you can get a full refund within 30 days. You can go to ncrcoaching.com forward slash enroll. Check out all the details of all the great stuff you'll learn in the course. It's all online. You can go through it at your own pace on your own time. So definitely check that out. Now, next week on the episode, we have a birth story episode. So do come on back next week. And until then, I wish you a healthy and happy pregnancy and birth. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. Head to my website, ncrcoaching.com, to get even more great info, including free downloadable resources on how to manage pain and labor and warning signs to look out for after birth. You'll also find information on my free online class on how to make a birth plan, as well as everything you need to know about the birth preparation course. Again, that's ncrcoaching.com, and I will see you next week.